Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hey everyone, this is Brent Carlson, a.k.a. Brent the Middleman, here on HoopBall uh, with the NBA box score breakdown, which will be evolving into more of a Brent's breakdowns, or we'll break down something. Uh, so we'll see how it goes here on the first one uh, as we get this thing rolling for the 2021-2022 basketball season. Just excited for like a regular season of basketball. Uh, my Warriors are locked and loaded Um, and ready to go, so we'll be talking about them quite a bit. But I wanted to start this first breakdown with uh, something that's near and dear to a lot of our hearts, fantasy basketball, Um, and I wanted to look at some of the rookies that are coming in this year. Always a tricky subject. I tend to avoid rookies in fantasy basketball, but there's some that you just can't pass up uh, occasionally. They tend to go a little bit too high for my blood. Uh, but once in a while, like a LaMelo ball or, or some of that sort can pay off towards the end of the season if you play it right. So why don't we take a look at this year's crop of rookies who I think uh, could have an impact on fantasy basketball this season and, and who might be better for dynasty formats or to look out down the road. Uh, I'm in a few dynasty leagues, so... Uh, that is something that I, I like to do in the with uh, fantasy basketball. So hopefully some of these listeners uh, and some of you guys are in those leagues too. They're super fun. Uh, so obviously we got to start with the number one pick in the draft and who's kind of in a tier all on his own. Cade Cunningham from the Detroit Pistons. Uh, we couldn't have had a better player going to a better location. Uh, he's definitely the rookie of the year favorite coming into this season. And he's definitely fantasy's top rookie to target. Uh, whether he finishes in that spot, we'll see, you know, a lot of it comes down to injury and opportunity, uh, but he could be the primary ball handler, uh, on a roster that really needs a number one option. Uh, he's going to have tons of opportunity to produce, uh, and he's a very well-rounded basketball player. Uh, if he can keep, especially if he can keep his three point shooting up, uh, he shot 40%. Uh, in college, and he could average around two to three steals a game, which is pretty crazy, Uh, and blocks. Uh, He also gets blocks from the guard position. So, you know, there's a lot of hype coming in, so he may go a little bit higher uh, than you're comfortable or that I'm comfortable drafting a rookie, Um, but he's definitely exciting to watch. Uh, He's going to have rough periods. He could have a high turnover rate, which is a big deal with rookies. So if you're in a league with turnovers... That's something you're going to want to keep an eye on. Uh, but his floor is definitely the highest of, of any rookie in this class. Uh, he kind of showed some mixed results in Summer League, uh, but he definitely showed diverse production. Um, he averaged about 27 minutes a game in Summer League. He had eight, averaged 18.7 points, 5.7 rebounds, 2.3 assists, 
1.7 steals and 1.3 blocks while going 13 of 26 from three-point range. That is pretty incredible. Uh, next up, Jalen Green on the Rockets. I got him in a dynasty draft from the three spot. I was super psyched because uh, I think he's going to be able to produce right away. And a lot of people think that he could end up being the best player from this draft. Um, he's not quite as well-rounded as Cunningham, but I would say you know he's he's not too far behind either. He's definitely a scorer. He's probably going to lead all rookies in points per game, especially on this Rockets team. He averaged 20 points per game in three summer league appearances in just 24 minutes. Uh, and coming from the G League, he was on the G League Ignite. Uh, his numbers imply that he's going to have a high three-point attempt rate. So hopefully he can knock those down at a good clip. Um, it should lead to a probably a, a pedestrian field goal percentage, but not enough probably to hurt you. But field goal percentage and turnovers, like I said, when you're drafting rookies, you just got to play for that. So if you're in a punt, you know, turnovers, which most of my teams are punt turnovers, to be honest, or punt field goal percentage, or, you know, pair him with some high field goal percentage guys, he could be a nice steal uh, later on. But once again, these guys are super hyped and, and may go a little bit too high. He also averaged four rebounds, 2.8 assists, and one and a half steals in 15 G League games in 32 minutes a game. So those are some pretty nice, well-rounded numbers. And steals are hard to come by. So even though points are kind of going to be his calling card, he still offers some of that defensive production, which really helps with a fantasy guy. Uh, the biggest question for Green is, you know, where is he going to fall in the hierarchy on this Rockets team? Uh, he's going to follow Christian Wood, who, who could make the step to All-Star uh, this year if he stays healthy. I mean, what a turnaround story he is. You got John Wall still, who's a former All-Star. And then you got Kevin Porter, who's a high-volume guy and could be the biggest had the biggest impact on Green. Um, although Houston is going to be really motivated to get Green, uh, you know, playing time and get him developed. Uh, but they got a lot of mouths to feed uh, on that Rockets team, so we'll see. But I have a I have high hopes for Green. But like I said, his uh, his draft number is probably going to be a little higher than I'm comfortable with. Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4:55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, the next guy I want to talk about is a guy who went number two in a lot of dynasty drafts. 
and that's Evan Mobley of the Cavaliers. I mean, this guy's skill set is everything you want in a fantasy player. He's got a little bit of a tough situation um, in Cleveland. Uh, he's behind Kevin Love and Jared Allen, but there's a really good chance that Kevin Love won't be there, and we could see a lot of Jared Allen and Evan Mobley on the floor together. Um, so that could uh, get Mobley some playing time, and I think Cleveland will probably keep Jared Allen around. I mean, he's he's a really strong young center, and I think if those two can learn to play together somehow, especially with Mobley's potential outside game, um, that could be a really tough twosome uh, to uh, to contend with for years to come. Um, but obviously, Mobley is going to take precedent over Allen because you know he's their guy of the future. So uh, I don't know. I, I see no matter what even happens with Love, it's tough to see Mobley not starting opening night. Uh, but we'll see what happens in camp. Uh, you got Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. They're still going to be the top scoring options, and Sexton obviously is a gunner. Um, so they're going to take a little bit of the scoring production away from Mobley, but I think Mobley could end up being the number three scorer ahead of Jared Allen, ahead of Kevin Love, because um, he can hit face-up jumpers. He can take bigs off the dribble. Uh, he's not going to create his own shot necessarily like Cunningham or Green, but Mobley uh, is definitely going to be a top fantasy rookie because his shot blocking is going to be could be incredible. He averaged almost three blocks per game at USC, like 2.9. Uh, the next guy I want to talk about is kind of a wild card and, and maybe known more for his defense, but that's Scotty Barnes on the Raptors. It was kind of a shock on draft night when Toronto took Barnes over Suggs, uh, the other Jalen in the draft. Uh, but if you look at Toronto's team, it, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, they got probably the most versatile defensive player in the draft, which we've seen in the modern NBA, how crucial that is. Uh, Andrew Wiggins turned his career around on the Warriors, showing that he can guard across the floor. Draymond Green, obviously, super versatile defender. If you got a player like that in Barnes, I mean, watch out, because uh, Toronto already has a lot of talent there. Uh, you know, his offense should catch up, uh, but he's probably going to be a pretty inconsistent scorer as a rookie, so... He's more of a dynasty guy at this point, I would say. He's going to be tough to rely on for offense, which, you know, is mostly what you're going to you need to get out of someone in fantasy. I mean, it's great to have, you know, guys who can block and 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 steal, but if they don't contribute offensively, it's it's hard to keep them on the floor, especially if they're shooting a low field goal percentage. Um, he's only a 62% free throw shooter, uh, from college at Florida state. And he only shot 27% from three. So there's field goal percentage issues. Uh, he did average four assists a game, but the two blocks and steals per game, uh, is pretty awesome. Uh, kind of a Matisse Tybull situation going on here. Uh, so it may take a couple years for him to, to reach fantasy relevance, as I as I think Tybalt's the type of guy who could break out this season. Uh, so Barnes might be on, on that kind of trajectory. Um, so he's definitely more of a dynasty guy. Uh, the other guy I want to talk about who I mentioned earlier, Jalen Suggs. Uh, it seems like you know the Magic would have been happy with Barnes, but I think they were thrilled that Suggs dropped to them at number five. I mean, this guy was you know, crucial in leading Gonzaga to the national title game. Uh, he averaged 14 points, five boards, four and a half assists, 1.9 steals. He also shot 50% from the floor, 34% from three, and 75% from the free throw line. I mean, this guy is ready to go in the NBA. And if you got him in dynasty leagues, uh, you should be super happy. Um, 
I had the three and five pick, and I was really hoping to get Jalen and Jalen, but he went four in a lot of them. Um, and, and Scotty Barnes dropped below five in a lot, if that tells you anything. So I'd put Suggs probably above Barnes as far as this season. Um, he's also going to be in Orlando where he's going to have a lot of opportunities. Uh, he has a good-looking jump shot, even though the percentages aren't super great. Um, but other than Cunningham, I think Suggs projects as the most well-rounded fantasy player. Uh, when it comes to across-the-board production, um, especially if that high steal rate translates to the NBA, because uh, steals, you know, are super valuable um, and tough to find in fantasy. I mean, you look at like a Melton and 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 you know Tybull and and the, these guys, they get tons of value strictly because of their steals. Um, he's also going on a magic roster that really needs a guy with star potential. Uh, Cole Anthony looked pretty good in his rookie year and should take a step forward. Marco Foltz has been looking better, but he's coming off an ACL tear. So it looks like Suggs is like the top asset on a, on a team loaded with cast offs, <laughs> cast offs and, uh, three and D wings. Uh, so it should be interesting to see how it settles in. Jonathan Isaac should be back at some point. But I don't see anyone really challenging Suggs for uh, scoring supremacy on that team. So I could see him, uh, you know, averaging anywhere between 15 and 20 a game. Uh, He could average five boards, uh, three or four assists, uh, and a couple of steals, which is huge. Um, So keep an eye on on Jalen Suggs. Uh, Another guy who's getting a lot of hype in fantasy circles and in Dynasty uh, is Josh Giddy on the Thunder. I mean, here's a guy who's like Alonzo Ball type. Uh, low scoring, not a great shooter, but, you know, a big guard, like 6'9", 6'10", guard. And he's only 18 years old, coming out of uh, the Australian leagues. Uh, it might take him a little bit to get going. Uh, guys like this, these young guys tend to take a little while to get going. But averaging 10 points, 7.4 rebounds, 7.4 assists, and 1.1 steals in the Australian league as an 18-year-old is crazy. Um, yes, he's got Shea Gilgis there in Oklahoma, but you know they're going to be able to get him a lot of touches, uh, and they're going to definitely want to see what they got because the Thunder are not planning on being good anytime soon. Uh, but they're, I love the way that they're going and rebuilding. It's got to be fun for, for Thunder fans. Uh, he's not a great shooter, uh, 29% from three, 69% from free throw, so that's a little bit scary. Uh, and he's going to have a hard time defending bigger guys, um, and getting around screens because he's kind of a skinny, thin guy uh, who needs to put on muscle. And it's probably, uh, you know, it could get injured. I don't want to ever think injury for anybody, but it seems like a guy who's going to have to put on weight and, and develop um, before he can really make an impact. Think like uh, Jonathan Isaac type. Um, so that's going to take, uh, but we could see, you know, if Thunder somehow, you know, it looks like they'll probably end up tanking towards the second half of the season. Uh, we could see Giddy get more and more time. Now, another guy on my team, the Warriors, uh, Jonathan Kaminga, who really got a lot of attention here in Summer League with some sick dunks and crazy athleticism. And, and a lot of people thought this guy has some one of the highest ceilings out of this draft. Um, early in the draft process, some people thought he was even a number one potential pick. So he did drop a lot, though, as an 18-year-old, and you can't argue with Cunningham and Green and these guys who went up top. I mean, they're incredible talents, but for a team like the Warriors, they couldn't have asked for a better guy like Kaminga to have come in. Super athletic, uh, 6'6", uh, 210 pounds. Uh, he looks the part of like an elite NBA wing, and that's exactly what the Warriors needed, especially with 
uh, Clay Thompson's, you know, uncertain future and, and Andrew Wiggins, you know, is what we saw last year for real. I mean, having a guy like Kaminga is crazy. Um, you know, his shooting isn't great. Uh, 39%, 25% from three, 63% from the line, a little scary. Uh, but this guy isn't necessarily coming in to be a shooter. He's coming in to be a defender and athletic guy who can get to the rim. Um, he still got to 16 points a game, even with the inefficient shooting and had 7.2 rebounds, 2.7 assists and 1.9 steals and 1.9 blocks. That's some crazy defense. And the rebounding is exactly what the Warriors need. Um, he is going to be a boomer bust guy. So a lot of people are going to be watching it, but I, I don't think he could have ended up in a better spot than with that Warriors staff with the veteran players they have. I mean, look at some of the guys who they've developed out of nowhere, uh, to be good, uh, Damian Lee, Kent Bazemore blossomed on the Warriors. I mean, these are guys nobody really thought of as, as anything great, and they turned into you know legit rotation players in the NBA. Um, so he, di- he, you know, he's going to have some highlights with the Warriors, but he's going to, you know, he's not going to play a ton. So for fantasy purposes, uh, I, you know, I'd probably avoid him. But for dynasty, definitely someone who'd be exciting to have on your team. Uh, you know, but Otto Porter isn't the healthiest guy in the world, and Draymond Green tends to get hurt, and Clay Thompson probably won't play till Christmas, so Kaminga could get plenty of opportunities to play. Uh, just a couple more guys I want to cover here in the last couple minutes. Uh, Franz Wagner uh, from the Magic. Uh, you know, this guy, uh, Mo Wagner's little brother, so I guess it's Franz Wagner, Um Excuse me. Uh, he's one, he's a unique guy uh, from this class. He's got he's tall. He's got the intangibles that that moved him into the top ten. Uh, he's averaged a well-rounded twelve and a half points, six and a half rebounds, three assists, one point three steals, and one block as a sophomore at Michigan. Uh, he's not a traditional playmaker, but his passing is pretty above average for his age and his size. Uh, he could be an elite defender. Um, his brother never really profiled that way. He was more of a stretch four, but Franz definitely has a better lateral movement um, and shown that he can shadow big men and he could stick with guards at the rim. How valuable is that in today's NBA? A guy who can guard big guys and small guys. Um, that's awesome. Uh, he's going to have way more competition for minutes, though. That's why I didn't have him higher on the list. Uh, you know, but, you know, he does have his, his brother on the team with him. Uh, he probably should battle his brother four minutes, actually. So it'll be interesting to see who wins out there. Um, I think Franz has more potential, but obviously Moe's been around longer. And, and the Magic, you know, if they're not tanking right away and they're looking to compete, might go with might the veteran guys a little bit uh, early. Um, Wagner wasn't really that impressive in, in the Summer League, though, however. Uh, he only averaged eight points. He was two of 13 from three. 3 and 8 3.8 rebounds, 1 assist, 1.3 steals and 0.3 blocks in just 21 minutes. The steals are nice to see, the shooting's a little concerning, but he's a young guy. He's going to he's going to uh grow. He's on a great team. He's going to get a lot of time and he's got his brother there with him. So, you know, I really like that kid's future, uh but not not this year, not on my fantasy team this year, no way. Uh Davey and Mitchell on the Kings. Uh, there's a lot to like about this kid for sure. And Sacramento definitely got a good one, but it's a tough landing spot for him. You know, he's a guard and they already have De'Aaron Fox, Therese, uh, Halliburton, and they still have Buddy Heald somehow. (laughs) We thought he would be gone, but he's still there for now. Um, so he's definitely looking like a backup. Um, and 
but DeLon Wright getting dealt away to Atlanta is going to help Mitchell um, at least get a little bit of time in the rotation, probably. Uh, James Booknight on the Hornets. Uh, you know, he's not in, didn't fall like, you know, like Mitchell, he's not in a great situation fantasy wise. Um, and even in a, uh, ideal situation, book night really projects more of a better real life player than a fantasy player. Um, he was not, he's a score first guard, but he's not very efficient, which kind of sucks for a guy who's score first. You'd at least like to see some efficiency. Uh, so it kind of sounds a lot like the, the old guard that they traded to the late or they lost to the Lakers, Malik Monk, <laughs> uh, a score first guy, not very efficient. Uh, and you know, we all know how Monk did in fantasy circles. Uh, he's also behind Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball, and Gordon Hayward, and it doesn't look like any of them are going anywhere anytime soon for the Hornets. So as long as those guys are healthy, uh, he's probably not going to play too much. But the guy who left, Malik Monk, his leaving for the Lakers uh, could help could help uh, open up a little bit of time for Book Night. Um, just two more guys that I want to talk about here. Uh, well, let's make it three. Why not? So I want to talk about Chris Duarte on the Pacers. He's a 24-year-old who got drafted in the lottery. So whenever a team takes that type of guy, they're thinking he's going to contribute right away. Uh, he averaged 17 points, 53% shooting, 42% from three at Oregon. And that's, you know, those are numbers that you could use on any team. Um, Indiana's roster could look a lot different uh, by October, but right now he's going to back up Malcolm Brogdon and Karis LeVert. Indiana could be one of those teams looking to make moves, um, but we'll see. If they get off to a hot start, uh, they may try to keep the roster together. Not sure what's going to happen, but I think Duarte is going to going to slot right in. He's going to hurt uh, take over time from Justin Holiday, who I think is still in Indiana. Um, and I think you know he could add some scoring, some steals. Uh, in Vegas, he was awesome. He had 18 points, four rebounds, 3.8 assists, two and a half steals, and 1.8 blocks while shooting 48% from three. I mean, it, I know Vegas and summer league. You don't want to. Uh, put too much stock into that but those numbers jump off the page so chris duarte a guy to keep an eye on um maybe like late round flyer uh maybe someone off the free agent wire potentially you know that you want to keep an eye on for early on in the season if the pacers make some moves or have some injuries definitely in dynasty uh two more guys i want to touch on one is moses moody just because he's on the warriors and that's my team and this is my show so i can talk about whatever i want uh, they definitely, the Warriors went for two high upside wings. Um, and they have about, he has about the same outlook as Kaminga. Um, they're going to get minutes off the bench. They're going to have to beat out Jordan Poole and Damian Lee, who Steve Kerr really trusts. So that could be a little bit difficult. But as far as like pure athleticism and, and ceiling, they're definitely better than Poole and Lee. Uh, but the Warriors are going to be looking to be a solid playoff team. Um, and they're going to want to be around, have veterans around. But they're definitely going to want to develop Moody and Kaminga. Um, so I, I think he's more of a long-term fantasy guy for dynasty, but someone to keep an eye on if, you know, the Warriors, uh, have injuries and decide to try to, you know, get the young guys some time, or if, you know, Poole or Lee struggle, Moody gets hot, you know, the Warriors are going to be quick to put in the top, the best players and, and, you know, uh, Steph Curry and, and uh, Draymond, they're going to want the best players on the floor and, and Moody and Kaminga could definitely turn out to be better than Poole and Lee. Finally, uh, a guy who was a big name in, in dynasty circles and a guy who went fifth in a lot of dynasty drafts, uh, someone I took, uh, Alperin Sengun uh, on the Rockets. Uh, he may be a year or two away from actually 
uh, being a fantasy stud. But, you know, Christian Wood has shown to be pretty injury prone. Uh, and they lost Kelly Olynyk to Detroit. Uh, so there could be, a, a, I could predict Sengun and Wood playing side by side. Uh, I could see Sengun maybe getting 20, 25 minutes a game, which could be pretty incredible because uh, in college he averaged a double-double uh, with, oh, I'm sorry, in summer league he averaged a double-double with three blocks and 1.3 steals uh, in summer league. He didn't uh, play, go to college. Uh, so this guy can play. Uh, think of a, like, DeMantis Sabonis, but with uh, defense. Um you know, even though, but you know, he can also pass off the block. Uh, he's got a good mid-range shot. He's not, you know, a Jokic. He's not shooting from the outside, um, but he could be a stud inside. So he could be more of an Ennis Cantor type uh, if Ennis Cantor could play defense and pass the ball. <laughs> um, although there have been some knocks on Singoon's uh, interior D, but I don't know. I think he's got the size and the, and the skill. And and whenever I see a big man that can pass, I mean, it makes me feel like. You know he, he has a good head for the game, so I think that defense could could develop as he gets older. So keep an eye on Singoon and the Rockets. I mean they have some great young talent. So we're at the twenty minute mark. Uh, I think that's pretty good for for podcast number one. Uh, keep an eye out for more podcasts coming. I'm going to try to do a bunch of these every week. Uh, keep them rolling out on Hoopball. Uh, check out hoop-ball.com. Find me on Twitter at Brent Middleman. I don't post as much as I'd like. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, I'll start through the NBA season. Uh, I'll be on there so you can ask for, you know, fantasy tips uh, or anything like that. And I'll do my best to, to get to all those questions. But I hope you keep listening. Um, you know, send Hoopball a note. Let us know. Hit me up on Twitter if you heard the show. Uh, and let me know, who do you think is going to be the top rookie this year? Um, are you going to draft a rookie in Summer League and take that chance? Uh, I probably won't. Um, but who knows? If a guy pops up. Uh, you know, I might take him if he drops uh, or keep an eye out for these guys on the free agent wire if those injuries pop up. Um, you got to be quick on those. Uh, so once again, uh, Brent Carlson, a.k.a. Brent the Middleman, here on Hoopball with Brent's Breakdowns. Uh, we'll see you again soon. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.